This message comes to you from City Bible Church in Portland, Oregon, where we are committed to living like Jesus and sharing His love. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. We're talking about 2014, so here we go. As I wait upon the Lord with every series and every turn of season as we move together, for those that are new to the church or those that are visiting us, I'm I'm the lead pastor that leads this multi-site thing with all these teams, and I kind of set a compass, and my compass is set first in my prayer room before it's ever set on the pulpit. So as I wait upon the Lord and I think about where we're going, I try to get into the spirit of prayer, and I live about three to six weeks in front of the church. And so while you're doing Christmas, I've already done the Christmas series, and I'm into the New Year's series and into the Easter series. By the time we turn the first of the year, I've already moved into March. And so I try to enjoy where I'm at, but I have to live in front, and I have to live in preparation of where I need to take the church. As I was praying about this particular year, first, I felt very motivated to pray about this year. I felt very activated in my spirit to close 2013 with a great feel. One of the best years we've had, salvations, water baptisms, giving, outreach, serving the city is a three-page list of stuff we've done. It's one of the best years we've had. All the campuses are growing and solid. We've gone through transition here at Mill Plain. We've gone through transition downtown at the Pearl with the building, which has been a very tough journey, trying to find the right place. But we got a contract this year for the next 52 weeks in the same room. That's huge for downtown, huge for what we have to do in that particular place. Going through a transition with 217, finishing that whole building project, a $10 million building project they put into there. And so going through that whole thing with a long journey, 217, they're my heroes, Walter and Jason and all the staff there, man. They've done a fantastic job. I was just there last weekend for the 11 o'clock service. And, and so they've landed. We're in the building. The, the offices are done. The, the school will start there. It's been a long journey, but we're done. Found the building downtown. Finished. Finished the transition with Daryl and Michael here to come in and take this particular campus that started in August with an outside guy coming in. No small thing. That was two years of discussion. It was a lot of talking and prayer going on the whole time and all the transitions that had to take place. And so as we land with campuses, I felt with Rocky Butte the same thing, that we finally landed with building, and you wouldn't know this, but they have built out the sanctuary and added a bunch of classrooms in the back, and it was a major, major undertaking for the last number of months that gave us more classrooms and, and more huge uh, classrooms that we can use for other things. We didn't have that in that particular facility that we do now. All of that is done, so we leave 2013, best year that our church has had many ways. As I turn to 2014, say, all right, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me to somehow understand how to emotionally close this with gratefulness, with absolute thankful heart for all the great leaders and the great church and the great giving and the amazing faith harvest and the amazing outreaches and almost 6,000 kids we helped during Christmas was just one of 20 things that happened. The church is so gracious in doing that. Lord, help me to close this and then somehow move 
my spirit to the new. What do you want to do in CBC in 2014? And what do you want to do in the life of the people? It's not so much that it's a corporate goal, that we set some goals we're going to target and hit. I'm, I'm not really so much at this point in my life into hitting certain targeted goals and this much and that much. It's more deeper than that. It's that underneath stuff that matters to me. What will happen to the life of the individual? What happens in the life of the individual will determine the life of the corporate. The corporate does not determine the life of the individual. It's the individual that has to be changed. It's, it's you. It's me. It's, it's one person at a time. The Lord doesn't just move on, on corporate bodies of people in a building. He moves through your life 24-7, seven days a week. Everything you're about, everything you're going through, everything you're facing and where you're headed in 2014. So my spirit goes to you. And I try to think, now, Lord, how can we position people, individuals, to be enlarged in their faith? Lord, how can I position and help people to fall more in love with you, more in love with prayer, more in love with the Holy Spirit? How can I get people to read the Bible more? Because in that, the promises and the Word and the very life of God is in the Scripture. Lord, what could I do to somehow move people further in their life to expect more, to actually reach for more, to be healed in their soul, mind, will, and emotions, to let something happen in their life that would so change them that they can embrace the new without still carrying a half a handful of the old, that they could actually move themselves into a, a brand new state of faith for their job and their marriage and their children and, and their own emotional makeup and their mind and their thinking and, and how they live life and what they're getting out of life and how short life is. Life goes by so fast. Every day is so important. Every day. So as I landed on this word that I'm after, and this is the word, it's called energized. Energized, it's a Bible word, not just a Webster dictionary, it's a Bible word. Translated about six different ways, but it's a, it's a Bible concept. And I felt during all my prayer that this is where I wanted to take the congregation during the month of prayer and fasting, which we start week from today. 14 days of Daniel fast, full fast, however you want to start. And then a mega prayer night where we anoint with oil every single person. On the last Sunday night of the month of January, we will pray over everybody and have a, an amazing prayer service that will launch your life into a deeper sense of destiny and God moving in you. As we move the church and move you, I want you to be energized. Here's my definition. To be energized is when God reveals himself by his spirit. Now, I'm not talking about just simply energy or positive thinking or, you know, Norman Vincent Peale or uh, some kind of another positive way, although I... I think that's awesome and a person should have a positive mind and you should do things to, to kind of energize yourself. Eating could do that if you change your health and your diet and you exercise, you'll feel vitalized, you'll feel energized in your body. If you would dump out all the junk out of your mind and begin to go through a renewal of the mind, you can energize your mind yourself, even if you're not a Christian. 
You can energize your mind, yourself, by putting better stuff into the way you think and how you go about life, and you will feel new energy in your mind. But I'm not talking about just the body, although I will, and I think I'll mention it more because I think energizing your body is a very important thing, and I think energizing your mind is a very important thing. But I want to start with the most important, and that is energizing your spirit by God's spirit. And that God's spirit comes upon you for a specific purpose. And that purpose is actually to encourage, enable, and energize you. Now, you cannot be energized by the spirit of the living God unless you have a living spirit. There's no way for God to energize a person who is not born again in their spirit. Now, let me explain that for a second. Make sure I don't lose anybody because I want every person, whether you know Christ, on your way to know Christ, a prodigal away from Christ, wherever your spirit is, I want you to hear what I'm saying and I want you to buy into this and I want you to understand it. But biblically speaking, when you were born naturally into this human race, the Bible says your spirit was darkened. That is, your spirit was not born with a light in it, even though there's a lot of teachings from other religions that talk about the light and all about your spirit and all that. It's, uh, if you want to go there and believe that, you can, but it's not biblical. I'm a biblical person, so I would say to you, when you are born in the natural, you are not born with a relationship to God. You are not born with a spirit that has life in it. You're born with a spirit that's dead. Meaning, you cannot commune with the supernatural world of God. You cannot commune with the throne of God. You cannot get to know Christ, even though you might do it in your mind. Your spirit, it darkened. Ephesians, Colossians, they spell it out so clearly that prior to salvation, a spirit is darkened. A person does not know God it calls you an alien. You are alienated. And it says in Ephesians 4, from the very life of God. But when you are born again, your spirit is changed. And your spirit becomes a living spirit. Your spirit and your human spirit, 1 Corinthians 6, 17 says, he that is joined to the Lord is joined to the Lord with your spirit. And the human spirit is joined with the Holy Spirit. And you make one spirit, and that one spirit is called the one new man. And that one new man now has a new life in it. Proverbs says it's like a person whose candle has been lit. Ezekiel says it's like a person who has a brand new heart. Ephesians says it's a person that now has the life of God in them. And so when you were born again, when you actually are really saved, not just mentally saved, not religiously saved, but spiritually transformed, your spirit opens up and three components in your spirit begin to function automatically. Intuition, communion, and conscience. Communion is immediately you don't have access to God. That's what the book of Hebrews says. You didn't have access before, but now you have free access to the Father, free access to the throne. All of a sudden, you pray naturally. You start feeling that communion. You start hearing the voice of God. You start feeling the voice of God. If you are dead in your spirit, prayer is dead to you. If you're dead in your spirit, worship is dead to you. If you're dead in your spirit, the Bible is dead to you. None of it is alive unless you have a living spirit. When you're alive, prayer's alive. When you're alive, worship's alive. When you're alive, the Bible's alive. 
When you're alive, relating to the Father is alive, and you enjoy that. And you can't imagine how someone can talk about being in prayer for 20 minutes or 30 an hour, or what they were doing on devotions. You're trying to put it together. Why? A dead spirit does not enjoy those things. It's only when your spirit is alive. The Holy Spirit comes in, opens us up. God wants to reveal himself to you. Now, if your spirit's never been alive, start there. Start there. Get saved. Get born again. Find Christ. Find the justification power of the Holy Spirit through the cross. The only way you can know Jesus is through the Holy Spirit. There is no other way. It's through the Holy Spirit. When Jesus left planet Earth, he says, don't worry, you're not orphans. I'm going to leave you with someone. His name is Holy Spirit, and he will represent me. He will be me in every situation. I'm not leaving you helpless. I have a paraclete, a comforter alongside of you. He will always be there, never forsake you. He is always available. His name is Holy Spirit. My question to you about this series, how well do you know the Holy Spirit? How much do you involve yourself with the Holy Spirit? How real is the Holy Spirit to you? The Holy Spirit is a person. He's not a force. Not a force. He's a person. The Holy Spirit has feelings. The Holy Spirit has will. The Holy Spirit has revelation. The Holy Spirit has understanding. The Holy Spirit has emotions. He can be quenched. The Holy Spirit's a person. And when you get to know this person called the Holy Spirit, he becomes your friend. And before you know it, you're open to a whole new world. And believe me, prayer without the Holy Spirit is almost impossible. Because the Holy Spirit prays through you. The Holy Spirit begins to quicken you. The Holy Spirit begins to take your words to the Father. It's all in the Spirit of the living God. Energized. Here's my scripture. Ephesians 1.19. Mark it in your Bible if you want. It's the text for the series. Oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us. Now, if you go up to verse 18, 17, 16, 15, 14 and read the context, it's all about the work of Christ, the work of the cross, what's going on, how he comes into us by the Holy Spirit. Paul is trying to explain it. The Ephesians epistle is the best epistle in my estimation in the whole New Testament to explain everything I'm talking about because it takes you from the beginning, even before the beginning, it takes you into eternity past, right down to the cross and from the cross into your life and all the way through to maturity. It takes you all the way to spiritual warfare in Ephesians 6. You can't understand Ephesians 6 if you don't understand Ephesians 1. Because Ephesians 1 is what lays the foundation for you to understand the work of the Holy Spirit in you. Extravagance of his work in us who trust him. Notice, endless energy. Endless energy. Boundless strength. You will also know the unlimited greatness of his power as it works with might and strength. Endless energy, boundless strength. I want you to be energized by the Holy Spirit in your spirits. 
I, I want something to happen in such a way that you would say, I'm feeling the energy of God beginning to rise in my life. I'm feeling strength and power. My prayer's different. My thinking's different. I'm, I'm feeling energized. The battery that never goes dead. Energized in the Holy Spirit. Here's my prayer. And here's a way to look at what I'm trying to say to you. God wants you to be energized by a new and powerful work. Where's the work of the Holy Spirit in you right now? A new and powerful work of the Holy Spirit in you, that what? Releases some news, some news. New strength. New faith. New desires. New prayers. New prayers. God wants to release some strength in you. He wants to release some new ideas and faith for them, energized to believe for greater things and release in you a new way to pray. Are you, don't lift your hand and don't identify yourself, but every once in a while, my prayer life gets rut into a rut. I find myself praying what I know to pray, but the energy is not there, and even the prayer that stretches me to pray greater and better prayers is not there. I actually start praying within the circle and not outside my own circle. How's your prayer life? How's the energizing of the Holy Spirit upon the words you pray, upon the phrases you use? If you understand the phrase or the term or the idea, of spiritual language, glossolalia, speaking in tongues. I speak in tongues. I'm a tongue-speaking pastor, meaning I was filled with the Holy Spirit and received a new language, like in the book of Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 19 and Romans chapter 8. The, I, I do that. I don't, you know, flaunt that in front of people, but it's part of my life. When was the last time you added some new tongues to your tongue? Are you still doing the same Shandai Ramas? Are you still doing the same da 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 da? Do you think that that's it for praying in spiritual language? Ask God to refresh your spiritual language. Honestly, He can give you more languages. Now, I know that might sound funny without me qualifying, and believe me, I can qualify, and I can teach a whole lesson on it if you would so desire, and I might. Who knows? Because it's so important that you have an energized life of prayer that is driven by the power of the Holy Spirit in such a way that even when your mind is unfruitful, your spirit prays revelation and mysteries in the will of God that you would never go to with your own mind, never go to with your own thoughts. But as you pray in tongues, who knows what you're praying, but you're probably praying things a lot greater than your mind would pray. Because you're praying in the Spirit. Spirit. It says in Romans 8, I pray in the Spirit. My mind's unfruitful. Pray in my mind. My spirit's unfruitful. And God, you know, we can pray in both. I pray in both. What about some new touch of the Holy Spirit? Here's scripture for you. 
Genesis chapter 18, verse 3. Now, this is introduction to where I'll go next week. Because I, I didn't even, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. I didn't get there. I didn't go there. I didn't. Jeez, I was so filled with this message to preach it. I was born a hundred years too late. A hundred years ago, I could preach for two hours and you'd still be sitting there because there's nothing else to do. <laughs> now we're down to 25 minutes and people are saying, the game starts pretty soon here. I'm going to do, and you might want to get ahead of me and read it, because I got some stuff I'm going to say to you, and it's good. 1 Kings 17, 18, 19. I'm going to give you the energizing mountain peaks of the man, Elijah. And I'm going to give you the valley times of energizing. And I'm going to give you the one key that brought him to the place where he could be energized for a long time. But that's next weekend. Don't miss the next exciting episode of my series. Now, this is the scripture I have for you. Genesis 18 and verse 3, where God visits Abraham, and I see this as an energizing experience. Abraham and his wife need a word from the Lord, and the Lord visits them. In verse 3, it simply says, and Abraham prays, Lord, this is, this is what I want you to do right now. Lord, do not pass your servant by. I just stopped on that scripture. As I was going through every word in the Bible about God visiting people and their response. Every time God visits and their response. This is one of 25. But Abraham's response is so awesome. God comes, he says, now, don't, don't, don't pass me by. I know I struggle with some of this, and I know I don't respond right. I know my wife's not responding quite the way she should either. But whatever you do, don't, don't pass us by. Stop. Visit us. Get past our unbelief, get past our wrong thinking, get past our junk, get past whatever would cause you to say, he's not ready for this. I'm just begging you, Lord, don't pass me by. And God says, I won't. I won't. It says God stopped, spoke, transformed their life. I don't want one person to get passed by. I want every person to say, God's visiting me. God's energizing me. This is my year. This is my time. This is, this is what I've been waiting for. I'm going to make it happen this year. This, this is the best prayer time I've ever had. I, I want more of the Holy Spirit, and I need more of the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to pray for more of the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to let the Holy Spirit fill me and speak with me and guide me and direct me and heal me and change me and transform me. Oh, God, don't pass me by. I know I'm not the best, maybe, that you would probably need, but I'm honest, and I, I want you to use my life. Don't pass me by. Mistakes of 2013 are just that, last year. 
Bow your head, every person. Just bow your head right now. Jesus, don't, don't, don't pass us by. Come on, church. If you know how to intercede with your whispers in your spirit, would you just begin to intercede for the whole church, every person, and just begin to say, oh, Jesus, 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 don't, don't pass us by. Lord, don't pass by the person that needs to know you today. Person that needs to be born again. Their spirit's never been lit and they know it. They, they want life and the person that's away and needs to get back or the person that's filled with so much stuff that they need to let go of or the person that can't quite see the future or the person whose spiritual life is really in the basement and they know it. They like to lift it up, but they're not quite sure how. Holy Spirit, don't pass us by. Don't pass us by. Jesus, I'm praying today. Don't pass us by. Energize us by the living power of the Holy presence of a real God. Let's all stand to our feet. Now just stretch your hand toward heaven in a posture that says, this is all really, it means more, but it definitely means this. I need you, Lord. Oh God, I need you, I need you, I need you. Lord, we stretch our hand because we're hungry for you. We're thirsty for you. Holy Spirit, we we want you, we need you, we need more of you. We can't do this without you. We can't do this in place of you. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by the Spirit of the living God breathing upon us. Lord, in our weakness, you are the strength. Lord, in our darkness, you are the light. Lord, in our disease, you are the healing. Lord, in our dysfunctionality, you're the wholeness. Lord, we spread our hand today saying everything we need, spirit, soul, and body, mind, will, and emotions, everything in our world where we need the living God to come upon us, we welcome the supernatural power of God into our world, into our life, into our home, into our business, into our college, into everything we're doing. We call for the Holy Spirit. Lord, let this be a supernatural year. Let this be a life-changing, unbelievably great year for us. Remove the barriers. Unlock the doors. Open the windows. And let God move in your life. Lord, we unlock the doors. We open the windows. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, we're praying for the entire congregation. Now, I want to do one thing while we're still together. Real quickly, this will only take a minute, honestly. But I I felt as I was praying for the church just to ask for this one thing. If you have a specific miracle that you're in need of, a specific miracle of healing or open door or something to do with a relationship or something to do with the job right now or the business right now or something. I mean, a very specific. You can put a name and an address on the miracle you need. I want you to come forward right now and stand in the front. On every campus, I want you to quickly step out of your seat and say, I have a specific miracle I need in my life. Come on, step forward right now. Just step forward and hang around the front with me just for 60 seconds on every campus. 
Rocket Butte and 217 and uh, Pearl, the other campus had just moved to the front because I just felt if we would ask, this is what I felt in my prayer, if we would ask for specific things, God would give specific answers. People you want saved, bring their name, bring their name. People you want restored in their home and their marriage, bring their address. Things you need to happen in your life that you cannot make happen. Bring it. Bring it. Bring it. If you're away from the Lord, bring yourself to the front. Say, I'm ready for a new start. The Lord knows your heart. If you've got some, listen to me, I got faith for this. I have faith for this. If you're bound by drugs, alcohol, emotional stuff that you cannot break yourself, habits that no one knows about, nobody will know why you're coming today. Just step to the front. Bring your habits. What do you have to lose? Nothing. What do you have to gain? Maybe, maybe everything. Maybe everything. Maybe. Maybe everything. God can break that thing off your life. God can break mental disorders. God can set them right. Emotional, He can set it right. He can set it right, people. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Nothing. 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 Nothing is too hard for the Lord. Nothing. 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 Nothing is too hard for the Lord. I'm going to go to the nothing. I'm going to go for the gold. I'm going to go for the hard stuff in my world. Come on, don't give up on your marriage. Come on, don't give up on the prodigal kid. Come on, don't give up on your hopeless death. Don't give up on that hard-hearted person you're talking to, right? Don't give up on yourself. He is able to do something about this, people. This is only the first Sunday. Oh, wait till we get going. There's freedom in the Holy Spirit. There's life in the Holy Spirit. There's there's stuff that can happen in the Holy Spirit. I'm praying. I'm praying for every person. Come on, mention your need right now in your own heart. Mention it to Jesus. Say, Lord, I'm after this one thing. This is what I'm after right here. Be very specific, very specific. Father God, right now, Lord, I'm praying for the specific miracle request. Spirit, soul, and body. Relationships, finance, and emotions. Habits that need to be broken. Children that need to be restored. Stuff that needs to happen that I can't do anything about. Lord, I need a miracle. I want a miracle. I'm asking for a miracle. Holy Spirit, You are the breathing miracle upon my life. Lord, breathe upon me a spirit of faith. Change my confession. Let there come in me such a spirit of faith that today will change the very prayers that I will pray for the rest of the year. Spirit of faith. Spirit of faith.